You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Exciting career changes could be in your future, but what does that mean for your wealth? Visit planefe.com slash hermoney to schedule a free appointment with a financial advisor today. Get the expertise you need to help you dream more, demand more, and do more. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for a very special episode of Her Money. Today, we are going to talk about change, not pocket change, although it's a great feeling when you find a little pocket money in last year's winter coat. I am always finding money tucked into my leggings that I wear for running because I take them off, I put them in the wash, I leave a five in the pocket and I find it the next time and and that's always fun. But no, today we are going to talk about how to create lasting change with our money. We know Research has shown it takes 21 days to build a habit. Other research has shown it takes 21 times of repeating the same behavior before it becomes a habit. But how long before that behavior becomes automatic, becomes something that we don't even have to think about? That is 66 days, according to a study from the European Journal of Social Psychology, three times as long, in other words. We know there is a really big difference between a change in behavior and a change in how we actually live. And creating change with our money is so important. 61% of the people in America, 203 million people, are living paycheck to paycheck. 13% of us are spending more than we earn, and some of that 13% is earning quite a lot. And not only is this causing stress right now, it's leading to lasting regrets for the future. If we are unable to make the kind of changes that can set us on a better path, we'll never get there. Nearly 70% of Americans have financial regrets, including not saving soon enough for retirement, having credit card debt, not having an emergency fund. And one of the things I know for sure is that we would all make those changes to live a more fulfilling, stress-free financial life if we could, if we just knew how to get there. Well, today we're going to talk about one way that Americans are getting on a better path and making some of those important lasting changes. I am so excited to tell you about Opportunity Knocks. It's a show that premieres today on PBS. I am one of three money coaches in the program alongside Louis Barajas and Patrice Washington. They're here with us today. And Opportunity Knocks is a show that is designed to give people the help that they need with their money and to teach the audience watching from home the same skills. As coaches, Lewis, Patrice, and I, we work with families to understand their unique financial goals and challenges and really dig in to help them overcome their mental and emotional hurdles and point them to the resources that they need to create this change in their lives. I am in awe of the changes that we've seen already. Can't wait for the show to launch today, October 27th, and I know that Lewis and Patrice feel the exact same way. So let me tell you about my friends. 
Luis Barajas is a certified financial planner who is a wealth and business manager for some of the most iconic Latin artists and executives in the entertainment industry. He's also the author of six books on personal finance and entrepreneurship, one of which he wrote with his wife, Angie. Luis, so great to have you here. It's a pleasure, Jean. Always a pleasure. And Patrice Washington is the rock star founder of Redefining Wealth. She is the host of the Redefining Wealth podcast. She is a holistic life and financial coach who really strives to help people find the intersection of wealth and well-being. Patrice, so good to see you. So good to be here, of course. Always a pleasure as well. I want to start by just learning a little bit about your backgrounds. And what drew you to the Opportunity Knox project? I know you both have served as advisors to often people who have significant assets, and this is not what we were doing here. Patrice, let me start with you. What made you sign on to this? Well, Jean, when I was first approached about being on Opportunity Knox, I think like both of you, when you have a platform in this space, people approach you about doing shows and projects all the time. So I was fully prepared to get on that Zoom call and say no. (laughs) Like I'll listen to what the pitch is, but most of the pitches, 99% of the things I get pitched to do just don't really resonate you know, in in my spirit, not because there's not great missions, but sometimes it just doesn't resonate. And I got on this call and for the first time, I listened to a premise that I thought would have helped me in 2009 when I was literally scraping up change. I had gone from launching a seven-figure business, what became a seven-figure business straight out of college, having great success, and then literally losing it all during that last recession I went from, you know, this big home in Southern California to living in a 600 square foot box in Metairie, Louisiana, coming home every month to eviction notices, to chasing the power man down and asking, begging for him to turn the lights back on or my daughter's milk would spoil. I was suffering in silence. I didn't have friends or family that knew what was really going on back in Southern California. I had a lot of shame, a lot of guilt a lot of embarrassment about how could I be in this predicament? I was supposed to be educated or the smart one or any of the labels, right, that I thought would preserve and protect me from life happening. But life happened. And as I sat and listened to them explain what made Opportunity Knox different and then to talk about the Opportunity Finder, which I know we'll get to, all I could see was Patrice in 2009. And her crying on the bathroom floor, wishing that there was a resource like this. And this was my, if I'm going to be a part of any project, it's this. I want to help people who may be in a space like I was back then. Yeah, I definitely felt the same way. I think these folks who pitched Opportunity Knocks to us, you could tell they were the real deal. You could tell their heart was in the right place. Mm -hmm. Lewis, what was it for you? I mean, you're a busy guy. I am busy, but the thing is that this aligned from the get-go with my mission, vision, and values. And if people actually were to Google me, they'll see that back in the 80s, I used to work with multimillionaires and billionaires, and I had tragedy strike in 1990. And I had a grandmother who raised me, passed away unexpectedly a month later. My uncle, who 
basically got me out of the barrio by having me learn to read hundreds of books and then commit suicide. And then a month later, my daughter's born on September 8th, 1990. On that day, I met a gentleman at a coffee shop the day that my daughter was born who changed my entire life. And I went back on, that was on a Saturday morning. On Monday, I went back to a firm called Kenneth Leventhal out of Newport Beach, California. I quit my job. I went back to East LA to the barrio that in which I grew up with. My parents are Mexican immigrant parents, grew up really poor. And I stayed there for 15 years helping the poor and people who didn't have access. So what I did is I created a firm that would have been there to give access to my parents and my grandmother and my uncle. And so through that, Gene, it's just been a whole set of synchronistic incidences that got me to the point where I wrote one book and a second book and a third book, did a commercial. And then all of a sudden I had celebrities starting to follow the work that I was doing. And then I started speaking nationally on issues of poverty and also issues of diversity and inclusion. I started talking about issues of diversity and inclusion back in the 80s. And right now it's a really big topic in the financial planning industry. So this is something that's been near and dear to my heart. And it was like a big full circle that came back to me. And so now I wanted to share with you one real quick story. So my grandmother, who was the love of my life, my mom got pregnant with me at age 15, had me at 16, but my grandmother raised me as well. Her name was Socorro. And, and, and we used to call her Socorrito, Socorro. And so when they came to me and they said, one of the families that you're going to work with is in Texas, is in El Paso, Texas. And I said, where in El Paso, Texas? I have friends in El Paso, Texas. They said, she lives in Socorro, Texas. And what are the odds that Patricia Reyes lives in Socorro, Texas, when this everything that I've ever done to help the underserved or give access was for my grandmother named Socorro. So I saw it as a sign and I said, I have to sign up. And that's why we're all here. Wow. Yeah, I think we have to listen to those signs when they come along because they don't come along that often. Let's start with Patricia Lewis. You know, we each worked with two different families or two different people, some single people, but some couples and families as well. Don't give away too much, but tell us a little bit about Patricia and your experience with her. Well, with Patricia, it was really interesting because I was able to go to her home and I had no idea in what dire straits she was in. Patricia had gone through a divorce with five children and we found her and found out that she, because of COVID, lost all of her income. She was an art teacher who used to teach from her home. And obviously with COVID, nobody could attend and go to her house. We found out that she had made payments for almost 10 months. She had no running water. She hadn't been able to fix up her home in a long time and was really struggling, not just financially, but emotionally. And it was overwhelming for me. And I will share with you that It was one of the times where you're going to see me. I don't know if they captured it. Hopefully they cut a lot of it out where I actually cried with Patricia coaching her. So it was a very complicated and difficult situation. But luckily, you know, the viewers will see that we have some great outcomes, but they were not easy. No, not easy because these people, we were asking them to make big changes in their lives. Uh, Patrice, I know you can pick whichever one of your families you want to talk about. (laughs) Well, who comes to mind is... 
Charles and Tiffany, they're the couple down in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and they are pastors. So not only do they care for their families, they're very community minded. And if you guys remember, Lake Charles, Louisiana is an area that was hit by hurricane not once, but twice back to back. And the entire town was devastated. So not only are they trying to figure out how to continue to care for themselves, they are also looking at how to just take care of their parishioners, right? Because they're also dealing with families who have been impacted greatly by COVID and who have been just impacted greatly by the storms. So they're obviously not paying tithes to the church, but the church is still trying to help them. And so there was this back and forth about being able to take care of themselves and plan for college for their two children while also thinking about the people that they serve. And it was a deep dive. It was a deep dive because oftentimes, as you know, Gene, what we are enduring is not just a byproduct of what's happening now. There's been a series of decisions for months or years that, end up getting us to these predicaments, right? And so there were things that we were able to uncover that they had made a habit that were just unsupportive of what they said they wanted for themselves, for their community, and for their future. So it wasn't just like dealing with the credit card debt that they amassed from COVID. It's like also dismantling these limiting beliefs or these unsupportive habits and just, you know, teaching them to set boundaries. It was all the things. Well, stay with that for a second, Patrice, because when we're talking about the process of creating change in people's financial lives, we have to go back to childhood. We're not talking about months or years. We're talking in many cases about decades and the fact that people grew up in environments that then, just like our childhoods shaped us, that shaped them. What do you find for people who are listening, who are thinking, yeah, I know I need to change in my own life, but I am just having trouble getting there. What do you find are the best ways to start creating this sort of change? Well, I would say, you know, to me, everything starts in the mind. You know this, Gene. I I ended up getting a degree in financial psychology because I'm so fascinated by why we do what we do with our money, right? No matter what we say we want, we still sometimes will do the opposite of the very thing we say we want. And so I think it really starts with mindset. And one of the things that we have to examine are just those verbal influences that we may have been exposed to in childhood. There are a lot of us who are living in a new financial possibility quite honestly, but we're operating from an old financial story. And sometimes the very people who loved us, right, like our parents, our grandparents, you know, maybe our pastors, just people in our lives, they said some things to us or around us that we are still holding on to. And it keeps us trapped in making the same decisions over and over and over again. It is literally about reprogramming your mind. So I think one of those things that we can do is just think about all the possibly unsupportive things that were said, but they seem normal. I know we all heard it takes money to make money or money is the root of all evil and often most misquoted scripture or just anything that if we keep saying it, 
we keep living from that place because words are powerful, right? So what we verbalize, we magnify and magnetize in our own lives. And so the first step is, am I saying things? Like, are there things that I keep repeating that might be keeping me in this place? Mm -hmm. Definitely food for thought. A hundred percent. And Lewis, it makes me think of the change that you made in your own life. You know, going back to the barrio and challenging your own beliefs in this way. One of the hardest things for me, and I cried with one of the families that I was working with as well, there were a lot of tears because we're asking people to shake things up and actually to believe that they can be okay on the other side. One of the things that I think is so difficult about this is when you've been stuck financially for such a long time, it's tough to believe that if you follow the steps, will get unstuck. It's tough to believe that there can be a happy ending. And yet that's what this show is bringing to people. Absolutely. You know, I go back to the whole concept of the mindset that we were talking about earlier that Patricia's kind of mentioned. One of the things that I worked with Patricia was on her whys. Why do you want to get out of this until we get to the root cause, right? It's really important that people can see beyond the current situation that they're in. Otherwise, they'll never get out of it. It's called the why bother serenade. Why bother trying this if I'm still going to be poor? Why bother if I can't? I've been stuck in this hole. I can't get out. Why bother? And until we can show them that once they can take responsibility, but we can show them that there are resources available and what that's what the whole show is about. We weren't there as coaches also to hold their hands and do everything for them. We were there to teach them how to change. And we were to teach them how to be resourceful. We were there to teach them that there are resources available that have been set up and been there forever to help them. And I think that's the whole purpose of this show, right? I think that we were there for them. We were there to guide them. But at the end of the day, we were there to show them that there is hope and they don't need to be caught in that same situation that they've always been. But that's the most difficult thing is when people don't see any way out and they just give up that helplessness kind of mindset. Yeah, 100%. And I want to talk about the resources. I specifically want to talk about the Opportunity Finder and how to access these resources because they're available for everyone. But first, let me remind everybody that we are sponsored by Edelman Financial Engines. And whether you are up with the sun or burning the midnight oil, you work really hard, we know, to excel in your career. It takes grit, it takes determination, it takes skill in order to get where you want to go. But what if things change? Maybe you want to open your first business. Maybe you want to go for a big promotion. Maybe you want to move for your dream job halfway across the country or halfway across the world. How does that affect your wealth? Visit planefe.com slash hermoney to schedule a free appointment with a financial advisor today because with an integrated approach to wealth management, a holistic approach, you'll get the expertise you need to build momentum with your finances and with your career. I am talking with Louis Barajas and Patrice Washington. The three of us are financial coaches on the new PBS show, Opportunity Knocks. I hope that you'll all take a sec to look for it in your local area. You can also find it on PBS Passport. So when it comes to finding opportunities, there are systemic barriers that 
many people face when it comes to gaining financial empowerment. And I know this is a big, big topic. We could do countless shows on this topic. It's one of the reasons that Opportunity Knox exists. What do you think are the biggest barriers? And how can we, with tools like the ones provided by the show, how can we start knocking them down? Patrice, let me start with you. Oh, I think that one of the biggest barriers is just access to the resources, just the awareness that they exist. I can tell you when I was in that space, Jean, and even now that I've been in this personal finance space for all these years, I still have not found many places where you can go and search for your particular need at the moment and get support in your backyard. And that's why I was so drawn to the idea of the opportunity finder. It is very hard, especially in communities of color, to go and share your story somewhere and what you're experiencing without fear of judgment. Just simply saying, hey, Mm -hmm. this is what's going on. I don't know what I don't know. And I'm here without this idea that people are going to judge you and shame you and make you feel bad in some form or fashion. And it's not because they're actually there judging and shaming, but because this is the stigma that has gone along with for so long, you know, any financial hurdle, it's been like a hush hush thing. Money is the, is secret. Like what if our credit scores were tattooed on our foreheads, we would be mortified, right? Like, yeah, this is not something that you want to walk around and talk about. And I think one of the biggest barriers has been education and awareness, but also just knowing where to go in your area. You don't know what these organizations do or what these names on buildings or storefronts represent. You have no idea that they even exist to help people, the quote unquote people like me. Right. Lewis, you and I did an interview a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the Opportunity Finder and these organizations that exist in states and communities to help people along the way. Tell us about them. Right. So something that I learned, you know, again, I've been in in this community for a long time. There are community development, right? CDFIs, financial institutions, and that are tied to banks and credit unions. And we talked about systemic problems, right? The issue of most people don't have access to capital when they're in trouble. So they go to these money places that lend them money at incredible high rates. And they don't realize that they could have gone to a CDFI that now they can find on opportunitynox.net and go to the Opportunity Finder. But if they've done that already, they can go to one of these organizations and try to refinance these really high interest rate credits that they've been given to something low so they can now afford it. So the CDFIs are these organizations that are there to also give access to capital or refinancing their homes. The same thing with, I don't know if you remember, Gene, but with Patricia, I think if I remember now correctly, her interest rate on her home was at something like around 13%, if you can believe that. And you're going to see the show what a CDFI does and how they help her out. But this is something that people need to actually pay attention to on the show. Yeah, the CDFIs, just for anybody listening who's not familiar with the term, they're community development financial institutions, and they work hand-in-hand with organizations like Credit Union. You all know we have a a sponsor, BCU, that is a credit union, but one of very many credit unions across the country that is owned by its members and is consumer-focused, consumer-driven. The Opportunity Finder is a search tool. 
and it is an integral part of Opportunity Knocks. You can go to opportunitynocks.net and you can search for various resources in your local community, whether you are having trouble with your business plan or having trouble finding a job or having trouble finding a loan or with your credit or a whole host of other opportunities. Patrice, you're nodding. I think it's so impressive. I, again, just look at this as a resource I wish I knew existed during a time when everything was upside down for me. But I also want to just make sure that we're clear, everything doesn't have to be upside down for you. You might simply want to use the Opportunity Finder because you are interested in lowering that interest rate on your car. Or, you know, you do want to look at what the possibilities are as a first-time home buyer. There are just a myriad of things. So I don't want you listening. If you've been listening to her money, you might already have your money straight. You might just like to listen just for maintenance, right? But I guarantee you, you have a sibling, a cousin, a coworker, someone that you know who really needs this support. And maybe they just haven't had the confidence to ask for it. So if you're listening, you're like, well, I don't need to do anything with my car or my mortgage. I still want to encourage you to share about this opportunity finder because there's something there for everyone. Especially Lewis talked about the access to capital. When I realized, Jean, that this was also such a great tool for entrepreneurs and small business owners, I'm like, even that, the the number of just business loans and grants and just things that are available to us all that we simply don't know about, how can we go further and do more when we're just not aware that these things exist? So I just want to encourage everyone to share. I also want to share that for people who are listening to us, is that the show is not just about people who are just struggling about money. There are people who are struggling about vision, uh, about their lives. I worked with a couple named James and Fiona who wanted to make some really drastic financial life decisions and money was an obstacle, but it took courage. So there's a lot of different type of coaching. So this is not a show just about people who don't have money and are struggling. They could be struggling personally with making major life decisions. And sometimes money is just a small obstacle, but you'll see the show that we work through those. And so I want people to watch the show and you know tell everybody about the show. But again, I think everyone will get something out of it, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I think that the families that the producers chose for us to work with have very universal issues. I worked with a couple right here in Philadelphia, both public school teachers, two amazing women who have a daughter and really want a second child, but are struggling with student loan debt and trying to figure out if they can afford it. And another couple who were trying to buy their first home because they had moved back in with her parents during the pandemic, like so many people, and were just ready to get out under their own roof. And so it's a lot of information that I think is very helpful across the board. Patrice, I want to ask you about this impending recession, whether we actually will have one or not. You know, we've got massive inflation right now. We've got interest rates that are higher than they've been in a long time. How are you talking the people that you work with down? I am constantly leaning into that mindset conversation 
as you know, that's my sweet spot in all of this. So I leave I leave the all the skill set stuff to you, brilliant people, Gene and Lewis. But I am really the person I believe that even in a season like this, we get to choose how we're going to navigate what this looks like. And I personally have learned that I cannot be tuned into the doom and gloom every day, Gene. Like I like to stay abreast of what's going on, but I will not watch the news all day every day because it is paralyzing. I remember in 2007 being in the hospital on bed rest. I had taken a fall down the stairs at 20 weeks pregnant. Oh my God. Yeah. And I went into the emergency room. They said, ma'am, sorry, this baby's coming any minute now. What was supposed to be any minute turned into me being on hospital bed rest for 10 weeks. Wow. About five weeks in, I am watching the news every day. And the very banks that I work with as a real estate and mortgage broker at that time are shutting down left and right. I have 16 loan officers and real estate agents in my brokerage at that time, and they are calling me every day freaking out. Deals are not closing. Deals are falling apart. You know, sellers are threatening to sue buyers. I mean, everything that could happen was happening. And the day that my doctor walked in and said, Patrice, that belt around your waist is monitoring the baby. If you don't stop stressing out, you're going to leave here two years in a row with no baby because I gave birth to a son who died prematurely literally the year before. Oh, my goodness. So I asked them to take the TV off the wall. I did not even want to be tempted to keep tuning into the doom and gloom because what I've learned is our attitude towards a process will determine how we progress through it. And we can lean into the doom and gloom or we can change up our behaviors And whatever we need to change in our own behaviors, in our own wheelhouse, some of us need to have some candid conversations with our children. I know we want to protect them from it all, but like, hey, we're tightening up some things. But I learned in that season to get through that, that I could not keep tuning into the doom and gloom. So how do I talk people off the wall? Initially, it's this idea that, yes, you have an awareness of what's going on. But if you operate from a place of just fear, you are going to make decisions from a very chaotic spirit, you'll be very frantic. You'll start to pull all of your investments out and get to thinking you can time the market again. You will start to make very rash decisions that in the long run will not serve you. So if we keep calm and keep control over the things that we have control over, which are ourselves, Mm -hmm. then I think from there we can operate with more clarity and calm. I love that. I am all about controlling the things that you can control and trying to let go of the others. I have not banished the television from the room, but I I have turned it off many times when I just can't take it anymore. How about for you, Lewis? Yeah, we've got to look at these times as opportunities, right? I've actually been working with our clients for the last couple of years feeling that we would probably come into some kind of inflationary period, maybe a recession, because once the government started just, you know, printing all this money, it was just nobody needed a crystal ball to know what was eventually going to happen. We were in the longest bull market we've ever been. I have a lot of, most of my clients are people of color. And so we tried to save as much money to prepare for this time. So to be quite honest with you, you know, when people lose their jobs, it's not a good time, but also during recession is when people will make the most amount of money if they think about investing and buying when things are down. Real estate's coming down, you know, the market's down. And so these are great investment opportunities. Right now, 
I have people thinking about their career, their job, where the recession would hurt them, and do they have enough liquidity? Do they have enough cash in the bank to survive a few months? Gene, as you know, when they tell us that we're in a recession, when they finally say we're in a recession, we're probably going to be almost out of it, right? Yep, basically. We're probably going to be almost out of it. And you know, the, the market will kind of factor in those prices that interest rates are going to go up. They're going to raise the rates again on November 2nd, most likely another in a couple of days. So I prepare for clients to look at times that are difficult as sometimes as opportunities and not to be afraid of them. And then also at the end of the day, recessions are a normal part of an economy that we've had for, I don't know how many we've had over the last couple hundred years, right? Supposedly every six years we have when the last one was a while before we had one, we're going to have a lot more. And so how do we prepare for these buying opportunities? And so most of my clients that I will share with you are not afraid. They're actually kind of looking forward to, they call me like, do we invest now? And so we've been gradually going in. We've been dollar cost averaging, right? We've been dollar cost averaging. We don't know this will turn around. Nobody has a crystal ball. You know, you can't market time. But there are certain times of the, that where there's great buying opportunities. I think we're in one right now. Fantastic. I love both those perspectives. I love how different they are. I think that's one of the things that makes this such a great watch because you get to learn from Lewis, who has a totally different perspective than Patrice, who has a totally different perspective from me. I so enjoyed spending time with you guys on set, getting to know you. I'm hopeful that we get a season two. And thank you so much for doing this with me today. Thank you for having us. You know, I love working with the both of you. It's been phenomenal. I think we can create a lot of impact. I'm hoping that everybody tunes in and we get a second season to really just continue making a lot of change on a big national level. Absolutely. Before we wrap up here, I just want to let all of you know that if you have your own questions about how to save, how to manage your budget, how to pay down some debt, Her Money has a coaching program. It's called Finance Fix, and it can help you spend less, save more, grow your wealth. It is an eight-week program. You work with a trained financial coach to build good money habits, and you do it with other women in the same group who are learning with you, supporting you every step of the way, and you keep each other accountable. I also drop by from time to time. Our next session starts on November 3rd. You can sign up at financefix.com. And when you watch Opportunity Knocks, you'll see that Hannah and Juliet, uh, one of the couples that I worked with, went through this program as well, and it really helped them get their money straight. So I hope to see all of you there. Thanks so much for joining me today on Her Money. Thanks to Lewis and Patrice for joining us to talk about the best ways to make lasting change. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll subscribe to our show at Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. We love hearing what you think. We also would like to thank our sponsors, Edelman Financial Engines and BCU. We produce this podcast out of CDM Sound Studios. Our music is provided by Video Helper, and our show comes to you through Megaphone. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk soon.